Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Oh, come on. I feel like you're putting Matt Stewart first a lot lately. I <laughs> honestly try to mix it up week to week and I didn't know where I was there and I thought, you know what? Someone that will let it go is Jess Perkins. <laughs> but Matt over there, he would be human. He would have stormed out. Yeah. I get a real bee in my bonnet over these sort of things. Yeah, you've got a real tally going on. Yeah. I think the last... 25 episodes or so. I think Matt now is on 13. Jess is on 12. Okay. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Well, you know, and that <laughs> like that makes me think, how good is it to be alive? Yeah. Great to hear it. Feels so great. Preach it, brother. <laughs> hey, Jess. Uh-huh. You're so good at explaining things. Can you explain to new listeners how this show works? Absolutely. So, um, I'm Jess. <laughs> great. That okay. one's Matt. You say something. Uh, hi, I'm Matt. And that one's Dave. This one's Dave. The three of us, uh, together combined, are Do Go On. Do Go On. Tam, I thought we'd all say it. <laughs> Voltron. Oh. We are Voltron. <laughs> and we take it in turns each week and have done for so many weeks um, to research a topic, bring it back to the other two, um, and tell them all about it. And they listen politely. They never go on dog shit riffs, and we're always very respectful of one another. Mm. Um, and we usually get onto topic with a question. It is my turn to do a report this week. And do you have a question? I sure do. Okay. Love it. My question is: In 2015, mm-hmm. what were Mr. Ginger, Mr. Strong, Mr. Montana, the gent, the tall man, <laughs> and the old man responsible for? Ooh, well, they're not- definitely cat names, aren't oh, they? I th- oh, really, I thought they were Spice Boys. Oh. <laughs> Ginger? Maybe Spice Cats? Oh, Spice Cats, Spicy Cats. It is not Spicy well, they, Cats. Uh, they found, sound like they're going to be responsible for a crime against fashion. 
Post- Why is that? Listen, listen, listen. Is it some sort of fashion heist? It's not a fashion heist. Tall man. Miss, is it Mr. Men related at all? There's tall man, Mr. Ginger. <laughs> Sorry, I put the wrong emphasis there. It's not a fashion okay. heist. Okay, a, a so bank it's a- heist. It's pretty much a bank heist, yes. Whoa, that's exciting. Wow. It's a, it's a. We're going heist. I know. <laughs> we become the, the heist We're podcast. the heist pod. Well, like. Every now and then we talk about Nicholas Cage or Indiana Jones, but mostly <laughs> it's heist. Well, this was voted on by the Patreon, so they're obviously in a bit of a heist mood. Yeah. You know, I gave them other options that were not heisty. I can't get enough. I love a heist. I, I love, love a heist. And every time it's like the crime of the century, the biggest thing ever. And I'm 100%. like, how many are there? And then you hear it, you go, that is actually one of the most <laughs> audacious ones ever. But there's so many. Yeah. There's a lot of crimes of the century. Humans are great at crime. Oh, man, we're good at it. And yeah, so this has been voted on by the Patreon. It's been suggested by a bunch of people, including Alex Ryan, Johnny Dawson, uh, Hey Cruikshank, Ronan Williams, Jennifer Welliver, Charlotte, and Sam Lacey. What wow. about Tall Man? Did Tall Man suggest Tall it? Tall Man did not suggest it. But that's uh, that's that's a sign that this is going to be a ripper. It's a bit of fun. It's a fun story. Those names are amazing. And it's quite recent. This is in 2015. You're right. So... What country, I guess we'll find out. I guess you'll find out if you just shut up. <laughs> Literally, shut actually, you'll up. find out in the fourth word. Fourth word. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. Fifth word. Damn it, because I've just realised I've left a word out. <laughs> Sixth word. <laughs> this is. Uh, are these, are all sign. these words counting? <laughs> this is a good sign early on. Your first sentence, you've missed a word. <laughs> I've just missed the word is. Our story. No, read it, read t- it without is. Read it without. And it's read not it is, as it's is. in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay, don't say I'll is. read it without, I'll read it without. Exactly, as the writer intended. That's, the writer is me. <laughs> Our story takes place London's famous <laughs> Hatton Garden. Ooh. The centre of the UK's diamond trade and home to over 300 jewellery businesses. The area takes its name from Sir Christopher Hatton, the famous English Lord Chancellor and politician in the 16th century. That's about all we'll hear about. Christopher Hatton, but Hatton Garden. It's just an area of London with lots and lots of jewellery shops. Fantastic. I've been there a lot. Have you? Do a lot of diamond shopping there, get my rubies. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Who do you visit, the diamond guys? Yeah, yeah, the diamond Sit down, have a beer. (laughs) We know diamonds, so you don't need to. You have those ads? No. On sports radio. Uh, Of course. I actually prefer- So um, your missos forcing you to propose. We'll make it easy and a bit of fun for you. We've got NRL on one TV. AFL on the you other. You don't even have to and look at the diamond. of the 97 grand final on a different screen. Well, I'm not going to that. We lost. We got a pool table. <laughs> Why'd you pick out the, the grand final of the Saints lost? No, the NRL grand oh, final. NRL NRL grand Go final. Roosters or whoever. Whoever. <laughs> we've got beers. We've got topless sales yeah. assistants. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Bringing around diamonds on a tray. Is that really a thing? That, that, what's it called? It's called the Diamond Guys. I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to do a fake ad in my show about them. Love it. And I think maybe I've just found the voice for it. <laughs> I want to do it. Let me do it. <laughs> I want you to do I'll it. I love to take the piss of men. Um, no, nah, good on you. If you don't, you know, it can be intimidating going into a jewel. Now that I think about it, actually, maybe there's something in it. You know, but maybe it's a bit intimidating. It's, it's it's very funny that they're lowering their inhibitions before getting them to totally. make a, a big purchase. Yes, and saying that, hey, look, guys, we're letting you have a beer. Why don't you have another beer? Yeah, and oh, another one. You look this. You want another beer? Now let's start looking at a more expensive. How range much do of you diamonds. love her? Yeah, yeah. Another another five <laughs> grand's worth. 
I mean, can you put a price on love? <laughs> yes. You know what? I really love her. Yeah. Wow, we better go to the top shelf diamond. <laughs> yeah. And if that horse gets scratched, you get the diamond for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very funny, but also like- I mean, it could just walk into a jeweller and say, hey, I don't know a whole lot about diamonds. Yeah, that's why I always go to my preferred jeweller, Angus and Coot. <laughs> that's a great name. That's a great name. <laughs> great name. They're always in shopping centres. It makes me laugh every time. Coot. Oh, one diamond, please, Mr. Coot. <laughs> or Angus. Or oh, Mrs. Angus. Thank you. Mrs. Angus. Mr. Mr. Coot. <laughs> Together they are Angus and Coot. <laughs> They're back to back. <laughs> We've gotten distracted very early. Um, so on the evening of April 2nd, 2015, Staff at Hatton Garden Safe Deposit LTD. So it's a safety deposit business yes. rather than a bank, but it's a, they're essentially a bank. Sim- it was similar to the Brinks one yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. It is my dream one day to go into one of those vaults where you have like your little drawer and they yeah. give you the key and they say, probably in a French accent because it's usually in Europe. Yeah. Uh, just let us know when you're done. So, and- Jason Bourne. You want yeah. to be Jason Bourne? I was Bourne. just yes. thinking the same. I, Jason I just Bourne. watched that recently for the yeah. first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a gun in there? Yeah. And a passport or something? What does yeah. it all mean? He's like, who am I? Did he you finish know. it? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, because you do get an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. But you find out. But you figure it out. Um, You're like, who is this strange man? <laughs> oh, well, I only had 15 minutes, so I turned it off. <laughs> we'll never know. It's April 2nd, 2015. Staff are locking up for the night and looked forward to the next four days off work for the Easter long weekend. When they returned on Tuesday morning, they discovered a terrible sight. They had been burgled. <gasps> oh, my God. So, we're coming up to the eight-year anniversary. Mm. This will be coming out just around the exact time. Yeah. Eight years. What is that? Is that the diamond anniversary? <laughs> <laughs> the diamond guy. <laughs> <laughs> every year's a, every anniversary is a yeah, diamond anniversary to those guys. Oh, your third one. You know what that means. Diamonds. <laughs> God, damn, those diamonds. Women love yeah. fresh diamonds. <laughs> they love the fresh They the love them fresh. The fresher the better. Smell that? That's fresh. <laughs> They've got like just bread baking in the back just to make you be like, that does smell good. Because <laughs> yeah. men can't tell the difference between and bread time, and diamonds. And every time you go past the bakery, you're like, I need another diamond. I need another diamond. Fuck. I love oh. my wife. Yes, and her diamonds getting a little stale yeah. at home. <laughs> <laughs> they don't last very long. No, jeez. Unlike our love. Um, over the four-day weekend, thieves had broken into their secure vault and stolen an estimated $14 million worth of gold, jewellery, money, the works. Some estimates are way, way higher. Some are like 300 million pounds. Um, right, but I guess it's one of those things where inside the box you could have whatever. Exactly So you don't right. have to tell them. Yeah. I suppose until you claim the insurance. (laughs) And then you just lie. Yes, I had $14 million of cash in my small box. Yeah. So estimates are are varied, but a lot of them sort of settle around 14 million pounds. Given advancement in security, um, technology and CCTV, bank robberies and break-ins have become less and less common. One article written for The Guardian in 2016 says bank robberies had dropped from 847 nationally in 1992 to 108 by 2012. In London, the number fell from 290 to 26 in the same period. That is awful. All those thieves out of work. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They just have to, you know, they, it's just... It, 
I don't know, thievery had moved more modern, you know? Right that now they're just sending text messages being like, hi, it's mum here. You haven't yeah. paid your e-link account. <laughs> hey, mum, it's me. I've lost my phone. Please send me $25,000. <laughs> yeah, delete this number, mum, mm. and uh, message me on WhatsApp. Mm. That's what I got recently. I'm like, who's falling for that? And I'm like, oh, mum's. Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw one in an article that was so specific. It was like, hi, mum, uh, your daughter here. Like, didn't say obviously the name. And then it's like, something happened. I dropped my phone in a toilet now like this crazy convoluted story <laughs> yeah. as to why they couldn't send a photo of them and all this sort of stuff because their phone fell in the loop. it would i mean it totally makes sense that it would catch people because if you do like if it just sounds like your daughter's voice or whatever you'd probably be like you know there'd be a, enough that you put out a thousand or yeah. a hundred thousand yeah. of those messages my you're gonna get some takers speak very robotically <laughs> my daughter does she, drop stuff in the toilet yeah normally poop <laughs> english is her fourth Hi, language so. i just confused my phone with my poop again <laughs> her sentence structure is confusing at times that article also says that uh, that type of crime had largely been replaced by cyber thefts. For an old school crime such as Hatton Garden, there was a vastly depleted pool of the usual suspects to be put under surveillance. So who were these usual suspects? Mm, Mr. Spacey? Kaiser so <laughs> Also, the names that I mentioned before in my question don't come up a heap. Um, okay. It's just like one newspaper article I thought was pretty They're fantastic. Funny. Oh, right. And I think one of the people suggesting it just put like all those names in there and I was like, that's good stuff. So they're, But they are some of the suspects. Yes. Tall boy. Tall, the tall man. Johnny Ginger. Well, we, we start off with 76-year-old Brian Reader, who's the governor. Fuck, that's so good. Or the master. Played by the brick hat guy. The yeah. governor. Brick top. Brick top. For sure. <laughs> no thanks, Turkish. I'm sweet, sweet enough. enough. Uh, he was no stranger to crime. In fact, actually, I think he's been played by uh, Michael Caine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, but more of a gentleman. <laughs> he was said to have uh, moved in the same circles as some of London's most notorious criminals, including the infamous Kenneth Noy. Noy and Reader found an undercover police officer spying on them in the grounds of Noy's home. Noy stabbed the officer 11 times. They were both charged with murder, but Rita and Noy were acquitted of this crime after Rita claimed he wasn't there and Noy claimed he acted in self-defense. So he's got like a pretty um, a pretty varied criminal past, Brian Rita. He'd been involved in a similar robbery in 1983, a crime for which he received an eight-year sentence for conspiracy to handle stolen goods. So he's now 76. In his crew was Terry Perkins. <gasps> no, no relation. No relation. <laughs> 67, who was an extraordinary character, according to his friends. He'd served 22 years for his role in the 1983 Security Express robbery, which saw £6 million stolen, also over a long Easter weekend. It's interesting that it is the older older fellas because, you're, like you're saying, it's sort of a dying art. Exactly. So it's just they're still at it. This is what they're good at. Whereas the the next generation. Yeah, just doing cyber theft Yeah, from their homes. Oh, just, just, just doing cyber bullying yeah. instead. Yeah. <laughs> Lucrative industry. These days. I, I just remember that I, I had uh, my bank hacked. Mm. can happen to more than just mums. can also happen to doofy boys. <laughs> doofy boys. Hi, doofy boy. <laughs> I've lost my phone. I'm still not sure. They they um, they um did it by, like, uh, I forget what they call it, but they basically stole my 
phone number, not my phone. And it, my phone just stopped working and I'm like, what's going on here? But it turned out that they'd somehow taken my phone. Oh, wow. They like ported your number or something? Ported right? my number. Yeah, yeah. And then they used that to get into the bank account. See, all of that jargon means nothing to these 70-year-old exactly. men. They have no idea what you're talking Michael about. Michael Caine doesn't know. Yeah, Michael Caine's like, yeah, I'll, I'll port the money. That's not how it sounds, I'll port Dave. your money. Oh, yeah, Michael Caine. Hello. My name is Michael, Michael Caine. Caine. I'll, I'll port, port the your money. money and I'll hand it to you quick. Quick stat. No, thanks, Berkish. <laughs> I'm sweet enough. <laughs> Can't believe they recast him. God, we're good. God, he was good. Yeah. But yeah, they, they do the old school port, which That's is, right. you know, a bit of dynamite, tie it to a, a bit of iron, mm-hmm. get the mini in there, pull it off. Yep. And then celebrate with a glass of port. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So Simple. Simple. The simple. good old days of crime. So Terry Perkins, he'd escaped from prison in 1995 and was at large until 2012. Ooh. That's a gr- You never hear him getting away for that long. That long. That. Then he was recaptured, back to prison, um, and he was released from prison not long before the heist in Hatton Garden. The gang also included veteran criminal John Collins, 74, who had a rap sheet going back over 50 years. Another older man. Yeah, they're all old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Is this called the old man robbery? Please. Pretty much, yes. But it has been made into a film? A few films. Oh, is, who else is it? It's, I think I've seen a preview for an old man robbery. Michael Caine and maybe. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called. I've got it at the end. I can't remember what it's called. Joe Pesci. See there? No, not Joe Pesci. Jim Broadbent's in it. Maybe Morgan Freeman. King of Thieves is what it's called. Morgan Freeman's in old man movies. I'm thinking of a different old You're man movie. You're thinking of a different old man movie. With Joe Pesci. <laughs> I don't know one with Joe Pesci. They go fishing or something. No, that's a different one again. Okay. That's- <laughs> That's the one with the guy from Lethal Weapon. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah, but you've both got your laptops out now. Grumpy so, old men. So you're both Googling movie titles. Okay. We I'm should looking be at, a, I'm looking up King of Thieves just to see. Things that aren't. I'm not familiar with it, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, I wanted to watch it. I don't think it was on any of the streaming services I have, but or maybe I could rent it. Anyway, but I didn't watch it because I don't want to watch it beforehand and then be like, and then this happened, but it's got nothing to do with it. Oh, yeah. yeah and then Michael Gambon Yeah, exactly. In. Dumbledore's in it. Oh. Anyway. The dead Dumbledore or the live Dumbledore? The live Dumbledore. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, this is not what I was thinking. Joe Pesci's nowhere near it. I wonder what you were thinking. Um, so we've got John Collins um, from a great article from Vanity Fair. This is how he describes John Collins. He was a classic London villain, a dodgy but elegant figure in the streets of London with his beloved Staffy <laughs> Dempsey nipping at his heels. His legitimate business was high-volume fireworks importation. <laughs> <laughs> That's great cover. It's almost weapons adjacent. <laughs> In fact, he was a walking pawn shop. He'd buy cars, expensive watches, and sell it back to you later, said a friend. Diabetes had exiled him into semi-retirement, and he was reportedly growing deafer and more forgetful by the day, um, which is only worth adding because it's, a, it's again, just adds to this image of just these old men robbing a bank. That's and it's something kind of fun and cute about it. Just to stop the people yelling at their iPods, the one I was talking about was Going in Style, yeah. 2017 American heist drama comedy film <laughs> with Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman. So, and then I'm pretty sure King of Thieves was like 2018 or something. Right. So, so Michael Caine just, just backing them up. Yeah. Heisting it up. Heisting it up. So, that was uh, John Collins. His nephew, William Lincoln, was the getaway driver who was said to have had a major role in the movement of the goods after the heist. He conveniently left the country two days after the heist and told the judge at the trial that he thought the bags his uncle had given him were just bric-a-brac. <laughs> oh, I didn't know it had I thought were gold and, and jewels in it. I thought he was just giving me little knickknacks, bric-a-brac, you know, uncles. Am I right? Yeah, they love 
junk. I love junk. They love giving Elderly it to uncles. You, they love giving it to you to take on holiday overseas. <laughs> we also had uh, Danny Jones, 58, described by friends as a gentleman who liked a laugh and a joke, who had burglary convictions going back to 1975. One friend said he was eccentric to the extreme and a bit of a Walter Mitty, obsessed with palm reading and known to sleep in his mum's dressing gown and a fez. <laughs> <laughs> Fez is not a good sleep. You have to, you have to sit upright. Yeah. <laughs> He's sleeping in an armchair. That, of all the hats, that doesn't have a nice tight fit. What's the best sleep hat? Well, probably a sleep hat. Yeah, one of them, you know, like. Yeah, like a Santa hat. You know, Miss Captain like, Snooze or. Yeah, Ebony yeah. Screws style. What's the point yeah. of those? Just to keep your ears warm or something? Yeah, I was wondering about that recently because I saw a movie where it was a recent movie and the guy and it was wearing like one of them Ebenezer Scrooge style nighty yeah. uh, sleep dresses. I'm like, what? when did they go out of fashion? They're fantastic. Do you want one? But the hats, I yeah. guess it's to- Keep your head warm. Keep your head I feel warm. like my head would get too hot. Yeah, I, I can't sleep in anything. But we it's don't too live hot. in really cold yeah, but, climate. But when you're in a, an old Scrooge and you don't want to keep the fire burning, you've got a cold house. Gotcha. You've got to keep your head- Head warm. You but can't sleep in anything. Oh, no, in a bed. I can't. <laughs> I can sleep in anything, I should say. Hmm. But I, I just get to, I get. I, I sleep, I run hot. Yeah. But that apparently, is this true that men run hotter than women? Have you found that? I am I am the hot one. Okay. So that's. Oh, that's not true. Aiden will sleep in like tracksuit pants and a jumper and have the, the blankets right up around him. But to touch, he is scorching hot. <laughs> oh, he just likes. Yeah, he likes it. Whereas I'm like, it's slightly warm. Get this blanket off me. Yeah. Someone told me recently it was I a, think that's a man. True. Well, it doesn't sound like a jest. Well, no, but he does run hot, but he seems to right. like it. But, yeah, I think I think that's true. I believe so. But, you know. But this guy's wearing a dressing gown. I'm one of the boys. Yeah. <laughs> I run hot like the boys. <laughs> a dressing gown and a fez. And a fez. Incredible. It's a bit combo. of an eccentric. He does sound. His mum's dressing gown. <laughs> what does that mean? I reckon she's probably dead. Okay, so he's just trying to stay close to his dead mum. Was it his dad's fez? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just remembering his parents at bedtime. Sleeping in his uncle's bed. <laughs> <laughs> Another co-conspirator was Carl Wood, also 58. Um, he was involved in the planning. He isn't really one of our main characters, but he'll come up again. Right. Do they call him the young guy? Because he's only 58. Yeah. All right, young man. Yeah. yeah Spring junior. chicken. Junior. <laughs> and then there was another man known only as Basil. <laughs> a mystery man to police. Theories were thrown around about him being a current or former police officer or potentially an insider of the building. But Ooh, we don't know who Basil is. maybe a future police officer. Whoa. <laughs> A current or past or future, future. or never policeman. Now that's covering all bases. Yeah. Four states of being. <laughs> you are either currently a police officer, formerly a police officer, in the future a police officer, yeah. or never. Yeah. The heist. The men had begun looking at the Hatton Garden area in mid-February. They finalised the plot in the weeks leading up to the raid, often on a Friday night at the Castle Pub in Islington, North London. Right, so they're really keeping it on the down low then. <laughs> they would just meet at the pub. All right, who's robbing this pub then, eh? This pub? I'm in bank. <laughs> Don't know. All right, lads. Let's all get a table. We'll, we'll talk through our plans of robbing a bank. <laughs> you know, just really announcing it. It really it sounds like it's addictive. Doesn't yeah. It? That, like they've all, none of them can stay out of it. Well, it's and it's it's that classic. The same of those plots of all of these movies. It's that classic, like one last job yeah. kind of thing. And it's like most of them have faced jail time for other crimes. You'd think you'd you'd be like, no, nah, I think I'm done. But they're like one last job. Imagine, yeah. 
I guess. You think you're 74, you either spend the last, you know, five, ten years of your life living in luxury or living in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Take the risk. Oh, I don't know if it's worth the risk. I don't think so either. Because you also don't know if you only have like a couple of years left or you could have like 20. Right. And then you're but like, fuck. if you go see the guy with the dressing gown and fez, yeah. he reads your palm. <gasps> he yes. tells, that's why he's there. Oh, he's the Walter Mitty type. Is yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known what that meant if, uh, until you said, he liked reading palms and stuff. Now I'm like, oh, if I ever hear Walter Mitty again, I'll be like, oh, yeah, the palm reader. Bit of a kirk, eh? Yeah. Bit of a oh, daydreamer. All right. Um, in their research and planning, several of them visited the building numerous times. They're stake. They're like, what's it called? They're they're casing the joints. Casing. Joint. Thank you. I was looking. I was in my head. I'm looking through the S words. Oh yeah. Yes, yes a steak, steakhouse. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess right. so. Um, by March 12, Collins had been to Hatton Garden at least five times. It's believed the men may have posed as customers wanting a safety deposit box in the vault in order to get an idea of the layout and security of the vault. Hello, <laughs> we would like to look at a vault to put our diamonds in. That's what I would have done. Yeah. Higher pitched voice. Hello. That's how posh. the posh people sound. And what? time do you lock the vault? <laughs> do you always lock or do you sometimes forget? <laughs> and if you did forget, could you tell me? Could I have that key, please? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> if you forget, could you tell me? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> could you let me know? <laughs> and what's your middle name? I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> I did. I don't know if I said this seriously, but I heard, and I, this may not be true, but the, the word <laughs> posh. Sometimes you know they'll do these, make up a, a story later mm. for its origin. But someone was saying that um, it comes from when uh, the best rooms on a ship in the olden days were the side that got more sun, mm-hmm. and it was from America to England or something, and that would be port side outbound starboard home home and that's where supposedly oh. but that sounds like that could be bullshit but i'm not sure i've heard that oh, you have heard that too but i don't know if it's true yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not sure. but who have you been hanging out with lately you've heard that men run hot you've heard about <laughs> posh who have you been hanging out with? Yeah. i was trying to think who was telling me do you have other friends the men run hot guy was saying that i'm the like why is that <laughs> i can't remember who it was but he was saying that he thinks it's because uh nerve endings are different in men and women or something. I'm like, oh, that sounds scientific enough for me. Nerve endings. Something about nerve endings. Okay. This sounds like a 3 a.m. conversation. Yeah, this could have been at the pub when yeah. I was uh, talking about this new heist. Oh, my God, I've said that. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I don't Yeah, I don't know why. Nerve endings. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know the answer. Well, it, I, you've you've flipped it all on its head. Why what? just by, But I've agreed with you that the man yes. is hot, uh-huh. but he doesn't seem to care. He is a hot man. He's a hot man. My God, he's a hot man. So honestly, like, honestly, something like you are uncomfortable. You are so hot to touch. Right. What are you doing? I like it. Okay. Well, <laughs> whatever. It's just self saunering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. They've staked it out. They're casing the joint. Been five times, which seems like the bare minimum to me. you got to go in there a few times, I reckon. But they've been around a lot, yeah. Got to show your face. Yeah. <laughs> That's just Collins, too. That's just one of them's been there five times. Okay. The others have been around a bunch, too. Wearing different mustaches? Of course. Yeah. Um, this is from The Guardian. By 31st of March, the gang was so brazen that they were not just wandering in and out of the eight-story building, but playing with the lift. Perkins what? was spotted in a small elevator in the building, wearing blue overalls and surrounded by tools and building equipment. So he's like- Figuring out the lift, how to disable it, or whatever. I pressed 
number two and it takes me to the second floor. <laughs> okay. Yeah, is it the same with every single level? Making a note to Jim. Only one way to find out. <laughs> All right, lads. <laughs> Here's the thing. Try to keep up. So, you go in this magic box, yeah? <laughs> they got three of the things. All of them do the same thing. You press a number and bobsity boopsity boop, you're on that level. No one knows how it works. Could be teleportation. Is there a way we could teleport in there from the pub? How comfortable are we all <laughs> using, tele- using dark arts? Yeah. I'm guessing that was the uh, Dumbledore actor was playing that role. That was, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much the film, but I'll let you know. He's a he's a wizard who teaches Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, you hadn't. Sorry, <laughs> hadn't seen that film. Yep. Dumbledore. A lot of this timeline uh, that I've got for you next is based on a really great article in the Guardian, written by Vikram Dodd in 2016. So April second, 8:25 p.m. John Collins parks a white van outside the building at 88 to 90 Hatton Garden. Basil, wearing a red wig, opened the door I of the building. I wasn't wearing a wig. I thought it was going to be like jacket or something. And then it was like. Oh. Dave, there's nothing funny about red hair, mate. He's just laughing at the idea of someone. Imagine. Like- Matt looks like he looked at me like, the fuck? Imagine <laughs> choosing <laughs> that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a red hat, red jacket, red. For some reason, red beret even came into my head. Yeah. These people are. Oh, red fez would be appropriate. <laughs> red wig. Okay. He was dressed up as Ronald McDonald. <laughs> He opened the door of the building, having gained codes for the door and a key. <laughs> so it's quite <laughs> Can I borrow easy. that? Yeah. Can I have that? Having gotten to the building, Basil waited until a man in a neighbouring business had left, then, with a black bin bag slung over his shoulder, opened a fire escape door to the building. So he's inside, he's opened another door to let the others in. Brian Reader, Terry Perkins, Daniel Jones, and Carl Wood entered the building, unloading bags and tools along with two empty wheelie bins. They were wearing high-vis to look like workmen doing some kind of maintenance. Brian Reader was also wearing stripy socks and a distinctive scarf, which feels like a bit of a silly move. Don't wear anything really distinctive and recognisable when doing a crime. Stripy socks and a scarf. Yeah. You might get chilly. Yeah, you never know. And maybe he's, is he maybe framing someone up. Like he's oh. wearing, you know, someone around town is always wearing that scarf. Oh, Tom wow. Baker. Tom Baker. He's wearing the Tom Baker <laughs> scarf. He just forgot that Tom Baker doesn't have red hair, unfortunately. Oh, it's a different Damn. one. It's a different one. Oh, a different one. It's oh, my okay. God. Oh, yeah. He's dressed as Ronald, framing Ronald, <laughs> and the other guy's dressed as Tom Baker, framing Tom Baker. <laughs> Meanwhile, John Collins had obtained keys to a building across the road and was acting as a lookout for the heist. Um, apparently, though, according to some of the others, he just fell asleep. But he was the lookout in a building across the street. They were communicating only with walkie-talkies so that their mobile phones wouldn't place them at the scene of the crime Imagine later. being able to sleep in that scenario. Yeah. <laughs> just have a kip. I'm just nodding off here. <laughs> they're old. They sleep anyway. You put them in a comfy chair and they're out, you know? Yeah. No, no, Grandpa. Yeah, one of them can sleep in a dressing gown in a fez. Is that true? <laughs> you are a few years off being able to just sleep anywhere. Yeah. Just nodding off. So, you know, you laugh, but yeah, you it. <laughs> there he goes. No, no, Grandpa. Imagine falling asleep whilst recording a podcast. <laughs> that would be so uh, funny. Maybe a bit brutal. I think the the only good scenario is falling asleep during your own because otherwise it's such a slap in the face <laughs> to the other two, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I've worked on this. <laughs> it took ages. So they got their walkie-talkies. And they're chatting through those and they move swiftly into action. The vaults were deep underground and the gang were on, I think they're on the second floor. So one of the lifts was jammed. Oh, um, no, they don't know how to use it. No, they jammed it. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) One of them said, what's this emergency stop do? Oh, Oh, God damn it. Do we have to do the diagram again? (laughs) 
<laughs> Only press the numbers. And if you're feeling generous, you hit the open button to keep it open for other people. <laughs> they jammed the lift on the second floor and then went like down the stairs or in a different lift um, down to the ground floor, which meant that the, um, the lift shaft was open. So that allowed them to use the lift shaft to descend down to the basement level where the safe deposit vault was. Genius. Basil disabled the alarm only partially, but enough so that he could cut the power to iron gates safeguarding the lobby to the entrance of the vault. So these could now be pulled open and machinery brought through by the gang. The gang cut through a second iron gate and now faced a thick reinforced concrete wall. This is from Vanity Fair as well. Now at last, Danny Jones was able to apply what he'd spent so many nights studying on YouTube. Oh, that is so- <laughs> it's like I've been watching uh, James Bond movies <laughs> in nine segments. I've got this. I'm going to do this. Anchoring the hilty drill to the floor and concrete wall and connecting it to a water hose for cooling and reducing the amount of dust, they began boring through the concrete. (laughs) This is the YouTube video, How to Bore into a Bank Vault. Yeah, pretty much. The drill made only a quiet, water-splattering hum as it breached the concrete wall. Within two and a half hours, three overlapping circular holes had been cut through the concrete. It took them two and a half hours. The hole was about 50 centimetres deep, 25 centimetres high, and 45 centimetres wide. So it's, Wait, it's pretty di- small. Yeah, okay. Why is the depth and the height different? Uh, I think... Well, because it's how, how thick the wall is. Oh, it's a, yeah, the, I'm picturing it drilling down, drilling into the drilling, a wall. Sorry. Drilling straight across. <laughs> I'm like, wait, the you know depth what, and the... Know, wait, you know, how does the hole go up? <laughs> do you know what depth is? <laughs> I'm picturing... Matt's 50 centimetres in a- into the, the concrete <laughs> yeah. floor. And then I'm like, the hole also goes up. Are you... <laughs> What, into the... They're drilled through the air first? <laughs> Matt's living in a two-dimensional world. <laughs> uh, and it sounds it sounds pretty small, but it's like... I've seen a picture and it's three overlapping holes. So, they must have, like, gone through once and then moved it across, gone through again. Right. So, it's still... It's a tight squeeze. And so, two of the men, police believe it was Basil and Danny Jones, managed to crawl through the tiny hole and into the vault. This is why you've got to have some small team members. That's right. Ocean's Eleven proved that. Oh, yeah, the guy that does all the, the flips, the acrobat yeah. stuff. There will That's genuinely cool. be a reference to that exact character Great. All coming up. My God. Our house when I was a kid got robbed. Uh, my discman was stolen. I still <gasps> haven't gotten over it. But I... Um, I with this, did you have a CD in it? I did, yeah. I lost all my friends' ROM CDs. Uh, oh, they had good taste then. Yeah. Uh, my Anima of the State CD. Great taste. <laughs> so, my, my Pantera albums. Yeah, brutal. brutal day. Dick Sandwich was gone. And you can't, that is now, you know, you can't get it anymore. Oh, my God. Collector's item. But um, the, the window that they smashed to get in, the hole was so small. Like, who's done this? And my theory was that they had a small... Helper monkey. Uh-huh. Right. So they smash the window and then they'd send in this trained monkey yeah. to go and, and who's, you know, is into pop punk and yeah. <laughs> groove metal. And it couldn't have been that they could put a hand through and open the window that way? No, no, it, was, wow. it wasn't that kind of window. Wow. It wasn't an openable window. Yeah. So, and it was way away from a door or anything. So it was strange. Like it was really just and shards of glass surrounding yeah, it. So, um, I mean, in a way, good on them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hats yeah. off to them. Sounds impressive. I did. I got a better CD player and better discman. So, oh, great! Yeah, it had like um, you know shockproof or whatever and mm. extra bass. It didn't jump. Didn't jump. 
always sucked. You'd move and it would go, you're like, sorry. This is going to be so confusing to some uh, kids to out youths. there. youths. Yeah. CDs were a way to play music. Yeah, back in the, back in the day, we used to have helper monkeys for our robberies. <laughs> we now know that's cruel. So, <laughs> so having somehow squeezed through the tiny hole they'd cut into the wall, they're basically at the back of the metal cabinets that house the safe deposit boxes. The cabinets were bolted to the floor and to the ceiling, making them incredibly sturdy. They had a jack with them, um, which they'd used to pry open the steel doors to the lift, um, and it had a 10-ton hydraulic ram. Don't ask me what any of this means. I don't understand oh, it. Oh, I need to ask you. I know exactly what it means. Yeah, me too. And I watched the YouTube video. Yeah. Their, their plan was to use the ram to push over the safety deposit boxes. <laughs> jack was the name of a ram. I get it. That's yeah. right. So you got a jack and ram. Yep. Unfortunately for the gang, while attempting to push over the cabinets, the jack broke. <sighs> The rest of the plan had you gone. Never quite- jack too hard. No, you, that yeah. is honestly a lesson. a lesson. People don't realize that, but you can. You can, you can jack, jack too hard, it. and you absolutely can ram too hard as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. And that's even worse. Yeah. yeah, you can snap that thing right in half. <laughs> you got to be careful when you're jacking and ramming. Mm-hmm. Um, you warm up. The rest of the plan had gone fairly smoothly, um, and this was the first hurdle that had occurred. But that was all it took for Brian Reader, the leader of the gang, to bail. <laughs> What? The leader. Like, <laughs> Fuck this. He'd been like casing this joint for so long. Um, and yeah, it was sort of like the alleged leader of this group. And he's just like, Fuck, the jack's broken. I'm out. And so he leaves. He's gone. Okay. He just walked home. I think, uh, you know, sometimes the you train. cut your losses. Yeah. The rest of the gang tried to work out uh, other ways to get into the safe deposit box, but eventually also left just after 8 a.m., almost 12 hours after they'd arrived the night before. But remember, it's the Easter long weekend. Oh, they've got they can go home and watch more YouTube videos. No one's back to work for another few days. They oh. have time to have another crack. So they could probably check out the Good Friday appeal. Yeah, make a donation. Yeah. Reimburse themselves for that donation later, yeah. hopefully. Andrew Dado, if you do ten push ups, we'll make it fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Also, some young people <laughs> confused by that. <laughs> I think there'll be old people confused by that. <laughs> so, they've got time to have another crack, and that's exactly what they do. So, on the Saturday, the 4th of April, Danny Jones goes to a store called Machine Mart. <laughs> <laughs> and he buys a new pump and uses his own surname and address for the purchase. Oh, well, Otherwise, you're not going to get the warranty. Yeah. He was quite clever, though. He did use a different first initial, V, which was his partner's first initial. <laughs> Great. So that night around 10 p.m., the gang goes back to Hatton Garden. And did the leader come back or has he just bailed? He's like- He's gone. He's gone. Yeah. He's out. Wow. Okay. Right. But everyone else has gone back. Yep. This Curious time- to see if he gets done for it. This time it's Danny Jones, Terry Perkins, Carl Wood, John Collins, and Basil. Apparently at some point early in the evening, Carl Wood also decides to bail. He follows in Brian Reader's footsteps. He leaves. Brian Reader, the leader. I'm sorry I'm, I didn't catch that before. Yeah, not me. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that Basil's still involved because mm-hmm. you said before that he's still mysterious. Mm-hmm. The cops aren't sure who he is. Mm. The mysterious Basil. So the four remaining men break back into the building and found everything just as they'd left it a couple of nights prior. The second night, the gang used uh, the jack as a ram to smash the metal cabinets over, and finally they were in. They were then able to pry open about 73 of the 550 safe deposit boxes, taking everything they could. I think originally the plan was that they would have several nights, or you know, like they'd, they'd be able to do this across several nights and mm. get everything, but because of, you know, the issues they had, they're just like, let's just get what we can. They still get open 73 of them. The hall included jewellery. Gold bullion, cash, emeralds, sapphires, diamonds, luxury wristwatches, and rings. Okay. Well, to summarise, what would you call it? Bric-a-brac? Bric-a-brac. <laughs> um, booty. Yeah. 
Okay. They needed wheelie bins to stash the loot and took a- an hour to move their haul and equipment out. By 6.44am on Sunday, they'd left the scene. Straight to church. Straight to church for the 7am service. <laughs> That's the one you want to be at. Up the back with a wheelie bin full of gold. <laughs> We're not going to leave it in the car, am I? <laughs> Imagine an it. And they've timed that perfectly because they can convert that into discounted Easter eggs. <laughs> Perfect. Monday morning. Monday morning. They're all marked down. Oh, my God. Half price. Oh if they're on God. the floor, they're out the door. Yeah, exactly. You've got three times the buying power. Four times in some cases. That's the best. And that's what this is all about. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap Easter eggs. <laughs> Which brings us to where we started, 8am on Tuesday after a long weekend, staff coming back to work and noticing that they've been burgled. Police were obviously immediately called and arrived at the scene to find dust, debris and scattered safety deposit boxes. Power tools, including an angle grinder, the Hilti drill and crowbars had been left behind, but the crooks had been smart enough to wipe the tools down as to leave no fingerprints. you got to clean up after yourself. Yeah, mm. clean as you go. Yep. Important rule. <laughs> This and other evidence, or lack thereof, led police to think they were probably dealing with experienced criminals. Police believe the crooks had purposely used bathrooms on different floors to the one that they were working on, again, as to not leave behind any, like, very clear evidence. Oh, DNA. Oh, so if you've got to go, you have to go upstairs. I mean, they're there for, like, 12-ish hours, you yeah. know? You're going to have to go. Older gentlemen. Yeah. Mm, so they're probably going to go know. a bit. But mm. that probably also means they're wearing nappies. Oh, that's true. I you mean, know? if they were Sorry, smart, they're they would nappies. be. They're... they're Incontinence. Incontinence. But they're, they're like pants. big boy. <laughs> they're yeah. cool man. Cool yeah. man undies. But, yeah, like that that would be smart to do that. Husey yeah. did that once. He had to do that for a gig one time. What do you mean? Husey, the comedian. Yeah, he wore an incontinence um, pants, I believe, because I'm sure like I heard him tell that story marathon. somewhere. I think he was just – he was – you know, he just loves to gig. And he I think he had – like he was crook, but he did it anyway. And he's like, just in case I'm – or an incontinence pads. In case he shat himself? Yeah. <laughs> like, I hope I'm not making like, that up. And like, okay, great. Good good thinking. But also, <laughs> if you're so unwell that you're not going to be able to control shitting yourself, is it not also going to be quite obvious to the audience <laughs> when you're standing on stage <laughs> grimacing? Oh, it's happening! <laughs> Anyway, so I was at home with the family. <laughs> how do you how do you just keep talking normally through that? You don't. Your voice changes and people know you're shitting yourself. They just, well, you just gotta time it in a laugh or a pause break. <laughs> As you stop for a drink of water and just <laughs> Yeah, you really hope the laugh keeps carrying. If it's not as funny as you think it is, oh, they're gonna hear it. That's horrendous. Don't do the gig. Anyway, no, good on you. So, annoyingly for the police, there was very quickly quite a lot of pressure on them to solve the case and to do it quickly. <laughs> annoyingly. Well, the reason Ugh. for this is that when, when Basil had partially disabled the alarms, the alarm had sent a warning to police who had ignored the warning. So, right. they almost like they almost could have caught them, but they, so they were like, ah, it's nothing. So, the robbery was also catching a lot of media attention and caught the imagination of the public. When video footage was released, newspapers nicknamed the criminals Mr. Ginger, Mr. Strong, Mr. Montana, the gent, the tall man, and the old man. Brutal to be the old man when they're all old. They're all old. Come on. It's like, what, I look that much older than them? That's The gent would be great. The gent's a great one. Um, Okay. What what would you like? You'll obviously have Mr. Ginger. (laughs) Okay. I'm Mr. Strong. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not tall man. Mr. Montana, the gent, or the old man? Well, I think I'd like to be the gent. Yeah, you could probably be the gent. No, Matt, you could be the gent. Oh, thank you. Okay, Okay, Matt's the gent. So then you've got Mr. Ginger, Mr. Strong, Mr. Montana. No, I'm Mr. Strong. I'm Uh, probably Mr. Montana then. Yeah. What does that mean? Exactly. Is Montana like the 
The American state? Yeah. That's where Yellowstone is set. Was he wearing like a big hat? Yeah, is he like a cowboy or something? I don't know where that comes from. He might have been the one carrying the gun. Yeah, and they're like, ooh, they didn't have a gun. It was the only, it was one of those crimes that people kind of rooted for. Like no one was physically hurt and it was a safe deposit place that was burgled, meaning the people who were robbed were also the mega wealthy. And it's also it's one of the rare ones where there's not even they're not even take like traumatizing any stuff. Yeah, exactly, you're yeah. right. Nobody was there. So Yeah, out of all the crimes, I'm rooting for this old man. Exactly. From a different article written for The Guardian, this one's by Duncan Campbell. Imaginative theories were rife, as were movie references. A spectacular project crime planned in detail is much like a film script, with roughly the same chance of coming off. The headline of the Sunday Express on the 12th of April read, Police hunt pink panthers over jewel heist. The story suggested that the gem thieves may be part of the infamous Balkans-based Pink Panther Gang. By the 23rd of April, Ocean's Eleven was part of the equation. The Daily Express asked, did gem gang use a contortionist? (laughs) Speculating that there must have been someone similar to the amazing yen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the Daily Mirror reported that an expert had revealed how Mr. Big is likely to have hired elite thieves from Eastern Europe and Israel to pull off the operation. The BBC broadcast a documentary that included an interview with media gangster Dave Courtney, who suggested that the stolen jewels might have already been smuggled out of the country, stuffed up a racehorse's ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are we trusting this uh, media gangster? I do. That's uh, what a funny... Stab in the dark, that yeah. is. And also to be broadcast on the BBC. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. I like how some people were like, the, the cultural cringe there so much that they're like, well, what, none of us could have pulled this off. Yeah, it must have been. Must have been someone from somewhere else. Exactly. English people certainly aren't able to pull off such a great heist. Yeah. Well, we would never. So the police are pretty keen to nab the guilty criminals quickly, clean up the mess, save a bit of embarrassment. And because uh, it's, yeah, it's caught the public's imagination. Like I mentioned earlier, these criminals were old school and technology and security systems had improved quite a lot since these crooks had started out in their criminal careers, which means that police had a lot more resources to lean on to crack this case. They combed through CCTV footage from neighbouring buildings and around the area of the crime. They saw CCTV footage show the van pull up out the front of the burgled building, the van that they arrived in, and that's when they were able to spot a white Mercedes parked out the front of the building half an hour before. This car belonged to John Collins, the one who'd been a lookout in the building across the street and who'd driven his own car to the crime scene. And then fallen asleep. Oh, boy. A quick search of the system told police that that car parked out the front of the crime scene belonged to Collins, the man with 50-plus year criminal record. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So- It's a coincidence. They're like, well, maybe it's worth looking into. (laughs) So they bugged his car to see if he had anything to do with the crime or if this was just a strange coincidence. Very quickly, the bug revealed it was no coincidence. (laughs) Police were able to overhear conversations between the criminals, basically admitting to the crimes. (laughs) And this helped lead to the rest of the gang. So then they're placing bugs in a few different cars and just like, you know, they're just incriminating themselves and each other by talking about it. They're all just on the car phone. (laughs) Yeah, they can't track that. (laughs) Um, And they've, there's like, Excerpts of some of the stuff they've said. It's like the biggest robbery in the fucking world we was on. They chuckle <laughs> as they discuss how to dispose of the goods. The biggest Tom robbery in the fucking history of the world. Tom is jewellery. Ah. <laughs> um, much of their conversation is taken up with chastising Reader and Wood for withdrawing from the burglary at the last minute. Both as bad as a fucking other. Bottle out at the last minute, supposed to be a full-on face, and this one you walk away from. So they're they're just incriminating themselves and others. Um, one of the most hilariously ironic parts of their conversation 
um, that was captured was when police sirens can be heard in the background and one of them remarks to the other that he paid 900 quid for a gadget that you fit to the car <laughs> that will let you know when police were within half a mile <laughs> and he's bragging about this gadget while police are listening to their conversation. <laughs> Like, they knew not to take their mobile phones with them to the crime scene, but then they still use their mobiles afterwards and talk to each other in the car, and you know? And it's like, oh, nah, there's other ways that you could be uh, under surveillance. It sounds like the big big mistake was just that uh, what's-his-name drove his own car to the scene. Yeah. That's how they got on him. And maybe they would have anyway, but that was certainly a good, a nice, easy start for them. I love this um, part from Duncan Campbell in The Guardian. There's been much recent talk about whether the police should be required to have degrees. The same might be suggested for professional criminals (laughs) who would be taught that, apart from watching what they say in potentially bugged cars and abandoning their mobile phones on a daily basis, they should also be careful what they search for online. After Jones was arrested, his computer indicated that he had been looking at drilling online and drill tech sites as far back as April 2012. And he had a book, Forensics for Dummies. (laughs) That's the same book that the the Hollywood Bandit had. Oh yes, he had one of the guys. Come on. Well, the book promised that now everyone can get the lowdown on the science behind crime scene investigation. So he'd been looking up the drill, and he had forensics for dummies. And he had a box set of CSI Miami. <laughs> it was all pointing one way. I mean, get the book, read the book, sure, but don't keep the book yeah. after the yeah. crime. Yeah. But yeah, and also get a VPN. Yeah. Or wipe your search history. Is that does that do it? <laughs> yeah, but they're all <laughs> that does it right. <laughs> but they're all old. They exactly. don't know that stuff. Get your nephew to do he it. He doesn't realise he's actually tweeting all these things. He's not googling them. <laughs> yeah. How to drill in bank vault. Send. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I'm in you. search. Thank you, Google. The gang didn't fall for the temptation to spend their loot quickly. In fact, they didn't show off their newfound wealth at all and avoided changes in lifestyle that would attract suspicion. And they planned to sort of let the publicity die down a little bit. Great. So that's because that's old school. That's what you would have done in the past. Yeah. Like they get the old stuff, but not the new stuff. It's amazing that they've had time to even do that, seeing as they've given themselves up. Yeah. Well, there's a, a Cops really- are still waiting for more evidence or. Yeah. And there's a great chunk here from Vanity Fair which sort of goes into like the the lengths that the police went to. So the thieves were trailed by detectives, observed by lip readers, bugged for many days and nights in their cars and videotaped in their favourite bars and the flying squad was astounded by what they heard. The flying squad's the branch of the police. Three of the thieves, Perkins, Jones and Collins, were recorded bragging about how they did the heist, what they stole, uh, how they were going to dispose of the goods. The biggest robbery in the fucking world we was on, which is what I just said, um, said Terry Perkins in just one of many endlessly incriminating statements. <laughs> Brian Reader was snared by the surveillance detectives in one evening in May, a month after the heist, when the flying squad dispatched an operative with a hidden video camera to the castle pub where Reader sat. Hat. It was it in a hat, please tell me it was in a hat. <laughs> I don't know where it was. <laughs> Very large hat. Where Rita sat drinking with Perkins and Collins. In the middle of the pub, Perkins pantomimed for Rita the moment that Danny Jones and his 10-ton hydraulic pump (laughs) knocked over the massive wall of safe deposit boxes to allow them entry into the vault. Boom, Perkins exclaimed, (laughs) according to a lip reader who deciphered the conversation. Now, look, as somebody with just, you know, a tiny bit of lip reading uh, experience, boom's a fairly clear one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Especially with the accompanying gestures. (laughs) I think 
I think we didn't necessarily need the lip reader on the case for that one. It really it feels like they they were going to be found out eventually. Yeah, they're just they're just being a little bit careless in the aftermath. <laughs> a little bit, even though they're not they're spending. They're getting cocky. Yeah, they're they're well, cocky think, with telling the tale. Yeah, they think they got away with it, and they're forgetting that they're in public places as they're having these conversations. This is still from the Vanity Fair article. According to Johnson, Jamie Day spent hours and hours transcribing recordings and unraveling the East London dialect and slang. A lawyer at the trial compared the work of deciphering their conversations to the work done by Shakespearean scholars. <laughs> 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 so funny. Damning as these recordings were, it still wasn't enough to arrest. It's obviously Really? Yeah, so this is from um one of the police it's obviously good, said Paul Johnson, but you have to say to yourself, what would happen if we lost this evidence? We've still got to have a case without it. You've still got to work your way through everything else and make sure you've got enough to corroborate what they're saying. If you don't, they would have the option of saying that we're just a bunch of elderly fantasists who were talking a lot of old nonsense in the car. So we've got to prove that that's not the case. They had to catch them with the goods. Right. That's not enough for a warranty to... A warranty? warranty? <laughs> a warrant? Oh, that's my nickname for warrants. A warranty, a warrantish, or a full warrant? No. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate... Your last biscuit. I was that saving been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So on 19th of May, six weeks after the heist, it was decided the gang would gather all the loot. Um, They'd sort of split it up and hidden it in various places so that if one person was caught, the entire hall wasn't lost. Um, But they decided, you know, it's probably been enough time. Some of these publicities uh, died down a little bit. So they make plans to meet at an address in Enfield. Potentially this was for the slaughter, which is is what you call it when you're divvying up the loot. This was the point where police chiefs decided to pounce with the suspects and their hall all in one place. 200 officers staged raids and the gang were arrested. 200? 200. Well, I suppose there's quite a few of them. In total, there's like nine or ten people here. There's there's a few others that are kind of co-conspirators and, and stuff like that. So it's a lot of people. Maybe they're like, we need to really outnumber them. Mm. Plus they don't men. carry guns. English cops, so 
you know. Just got to wag their finger at them. So you got like- None at all? Yeah. Oh, and I think certain crews have them. Like, but just like your beat cops. But I think your average cops don't. Oh, if, I, if I remember the bill correctly, they call in SO19. Right. They're the ones who are allowed to have- With the guns. Guns. Our cops have guns. Yeah. Huh. They give guns to any cop here. Yeah. First day of the job. First day of the academy. Here's your gun. <laughs> <laughs> don't lose it. Any questions? No, we don't have time for questions. <laughs> the trial was long. I won't go into the really tedious details. Um, on the 9th of March 2016 at Woolwich Crown Court, three members of the gang, John Collins, Daniel Jones and Terry Perkins, having pled guilty um, to conspiracy to commit burglary, were each given a seven-year prison term. Carl Wood and William Lincoln were found guilty of the same offence and also one count of conspiracy to conceal, convert or transfer criminal property. Um, Lincoln was also given a seven-year sentence and Wood was sentenced to six years. The alleged ringleader, Brian Reader, who gave up at the first hurdle, was sentenced to six years and three months. Still, Still got him. And there was also another man, Hugh Doyle, and according to Wikipedia, um, Doyle was found guilty of concealing, converting or transferring criminal property. He was jailed for 21 months, suspended for two years, and he was also fined £367 for his general criminal conduct in January 2018. I just liked the idea of a fine for just general yeah. criminal conduct. Miscellaneous. Okay, you've just been a bit naughty, Yeah. Okay. all right? £367, thank you. How about the leader getting... No discount for being for bailing. You'd think he'd be it was like, all conspiracy. I, I didn't actually do it. And he got some of the. They still split the money with him. Really? Oh, did he they? got some. Pretty sure. Okay, fair enough then. But what about Basil? Basil, the mysterious a mystery Basil. man. If he's a mystery man, you've got to think that maybe they never got him. Well, Basil's identity was a mystery. For a little while. <laughs> oh! I just had a sip at the wrong time. I don't know if the mic spit take. Pit up that pit up that spit take. Picked up that dip wow. <laughs> For Mystery for a while. For a while. For a while. Several articles written at the time talk about the mystery man yet to be discovered, but apparently police identified Basil by the end of November 2015, as in it's a similar kind of thing where you were just saying before, like what if they – but that feels like they have enough evidence. They're pretty sure it's him, but they didn't have enough evidence. So he ends up sort of out loose for a lot longer than the others. And the others obviously didn't rat yeah. on him. No. So, but by the end of November 2015, around seven months after the crime occurred, they were pretty sure they knew who Basil was. And Basil was, in fact, 55-year-old Michael Seed. Police had captured footage of John Collins meeting up with Seed in the weeks following the crime, but had no idea yet that he was involved. Um, from the Daily Mail, Seed was uncovered as Basil from his walk <laughs> after an expert podiatrist concluded that footage of the mystery criminal showed he had a particular habitual gait, an abnormality in his right leg. Um, Dr. Gordon Burrow said, said Seed walked a bit like Charlie Chaplin. He had an abduction of 19 degrees in both feet, which meant they turned outwards at a wider angle than normal. And in 1994, Seed had metal pins inserted in his femur after a motorcycle accident left his right leg shattered. So his walk was a bit of a giveaway for him. Right. So that helped them identify him. That's disappointing because I've got quite a specific gait. Yeah. yeah. Quite bouncy. Bit meaning to say that. I think that I'd probably give the, the game away. Sorry about that. I'll have to skateboard in. Mm. <laughs> so anyway. Wheel him can in. you skateboard? <laughs> oh, I could 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah, you can watch a YouTube video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that should be right. How to skateboard. <laughs> That's what gives me away. <laughs> So Seed was arrested in March of 2018, almost three years after the crime had occurred. 
And apparently in that time he'd like travelled overseas and the police were kind of monitoring him the whole time but they didn't have enough so they were just they let him go and just kind of kept watching him for a while until they had enough. You think you'd probably move overseas, Mm. wouldn't you? All your mates have been arrested. Yeah. Just go. Go to Spain. So it was, wasn't was until March 2019 that Michael Seed was found guilty of burglary and conspiracy to burgle and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Whoa. Did he get more for well, he was, staying loose? It was 10 Hanging years. Loose. <laughs> 10 years for burglary and eight for conspiracy to burgle, the two running concurrently. So I mean, the best way to cop one, a sentence is concurrent, right? Yeah. Sort of like, so I, so I got a free hit at one of these yeah, crumbs? Yeah, so. But what about the money? What about what was the the word they used for jewels? Tom, bric-a-brac. <laughs> yeah, Tom. What about, what the, about tom? the Tom? Well, of the haul, and remember, estimates were anywhere from fourteen to thirty to three hundred million. Four million pounds worth has been recovered. Four million. And although estimates say uh, it's yeah it's worth around fourteen million, it could be a lot more. So a lot of that money's gone. Sick. Well, I guess um. You know, Basil probably spent a a fair bit of it over those three years. In January 2018, a confiscation ruling at uh, Woolwich Crown Court ruled that John Collins, Daniel Jones, Terry Perkins and Brian Reader must pay a total of $27.5 or face another seven years in prison. Whoa. So essentially pay it back. Or Or more time, more jail time. Right. Um, No, I don't like that. I don't like that as a rule. I think- if you if you are good at hiding stuff yeah. as a criminal, yeah. all the better. All you know, good good luck. Would you say that to the person who stole your discman? Yeah, because insurance got me a better one. Yeah, <laughs> if they return it, would I have to return my one with anti shock resistance <laughs> or whatever? He's would still ha- using it. God, your technology would have gone backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Once you've had anti shock, you can't go. That back. That makes you think. Have you? Heard, Gary Goldman's got this great bit about discmans. Um, look it up. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> I won't butcher it here <laughs> now. Great. Just a little tease there. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're ordered to pay back twenty five million. So did they just twenty seven million. They just start like a Kickstarter or no, something. I what mean, do you do? You know, what they, do you do? You can't have. You can't make that kind of money. Well, they're assuming like if they've only recovered four million, these guys all have the money somehow in but some in assets or. How much longer will they do in time? Seven more years. How much? How, how much money could you? Is your time worth to me? Seven years for twenty seven million. I'd take time in jail. Yeah. I'd go to jail for seven years to get 27 million bucks. Right. What would you do if you were in your late 70s? That's, seven, in, that's late in total, 70s. not each. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a that's bit. true. Ta- the clock's ticking. Yeah, they're all old. Well, Perkins actually passed away in prison in February 2018, just a week after this ruling. Um, <laughs> That'll show him. I think he, like, he'd, he'd been unwell. Um, in August of 2018, Daniel Jones had his sentence extended by six years and 287 days for failing to return $6.6 million. On the 1st of August 2019, Collins was sentenced to an additional 2,309 days for failing to comply. So basically none of them paid back any of the money. Jeez, I don't know if I like that they oh, use Collins, days there. I know, that was That's confusing. sort of like, you know, how they talk about babies' ages. In, yeah, in weeks. Yeah, it's like, come on. Yeah. Let's do it in years. Yeah. It's very confusing. Days? He's 32 months. <laughs> Fuck off. Well, they're going to start to- doing it in minutes now? At, at the point where they can um, tell you their own age, let's stop with months. I'm um 46 months. <laughs> you know? So what does that mean? Are you at school? I don't know. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> I'm Gregory. Yeah, if you could tell me your name and age, let's do some Jess. months. You don't remember me? I'm Shut Gregory. Shut up, Gregory. 
Get Arnie, Jess, a sherry. <laughs> uh, Michael Seed was also ordered to pay back his share, and it was estimated that he'd pocketed around four point seven million. He paid back fifty k, and um, even after the amount to pay back was dropped to six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred thousand pounds from four point seven million. They were like, "All right, just give us six hundred. <laughs> I like they're bartering. Love he this. still didn't cough up the money. So last year in twenty twenty two, he had an additional six years added to his sentence. Wow. So they're all like the ones that are alive are still. Still in prison. The theft was described, like Dave said at the start, as the largest burglary in English history. <laughs> and it's inspired numerous representations in film and TV. Um, it's a subject of three films, Hatton Garden, The Heist in 2016, um, The Hatton Garden Job in 2017, and King of Thieves starring Michael Caine, um, Jim Broadbent, Michael Gambon. It looks like a lot of fun. That was in 2018. Wow, so 16, 17, 18. Yeah, how do you... How do you sustain an audience for one story? Yeah, true. And this is like, you know, in the couple of years after it or it's still an active um, – and especially for those earlier ones, um, Basil hadn't been caught. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Kind of interesting. A little silver lining though. I mean, that's the end of our of the story, but just a little silver lining. Um, some jewellers have claimed that the heist actually helped their business due to increased oh. public um, publicity of the area. Oh, that's great I news. think that's nice, isn't it? Glad the jewellers got a break yeah. there, Yeah. <laughs> so they saw an increase in money. So that's nice. Um, but, yeah, there you go. That is uh, the story of the Hatton Garden heist. So I just thought uh, for people to picture what we're talking about, what was the movie called again? King of Thieves. King of Thieves. So so we had Brian Reader was Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Perkins was Jim Broadbent. Yep. John Kenny, who's that? He was Tom John Courtney. Collins. John Collins, right. Uh, Danny Jones was played by Ray Winston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Gambon was Billy the Fish. <laughs> What's it? With? I don't know. I don't know who Billy the Fish is. <laughs> but they, they added in. Maybe they added in characters. Billy the Fish Lincoln. Sorry. So, yeah, William Lincoln. I think of that. But then that may, he was like the nephew of John Collins. Ah, I don't. Do, you, do IRL. You, IRL. Oh, I see. But they've always just made him another old man. Yeah. But yeah, there you go. Ray Winston. There you go. I'm keen to see the movie. Yeah, it looks like a bit of fun. You know, Michael Caine can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with a heist movie. Yeah. It's a, this is why I think maybe it's a fun idea for us to, after we finish phrasing the bar, congratulations to uh, Brendan Fraser, oh, by the way. Yes. Oh, my goodness. At the time of recording, he's just won the Academy Award for Best Actor. Uh, and we can't help but feel like we played a pretty big part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, I guess we're waiting for our thank you exactly. uh, fruit basket from Brendan. By yeah. putting our monthly podcast behind a paywall, yeah. we have elevated that man Ooh. back to the top. That's right. We, I think we started the Renaissance. I really do. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, after we finish up that show, it could be a fun new movie podcast for us to do is movies based on doing on topics perhaps. Because mm. stuff I'd love to see King of Thieves. Yeah, right? that'd be fun. I'd love to watch all three of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's probably going a bit too no, far for me. pick one. <laughs> yeah. Pick one per topic probably. Probably the better one. Of- Can't believe there's three in three years. I know. Well, I guess it's their version of Chopper. We've got so many different versions of Chopper, you know. Right. All those... There's Melbourne underbelly. Yeah. Guys. Well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show. Jess, you know what this is. What is this all about? Who are we here to thank? We are here to thank the the glorious people who support us over on patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. There's many levels. There's many rewards. You can get access to three bonus episodes um, per month. 
You can be in the Facebook group, the loveliest section of the internet. Oh, my God. It's so lovely. Get um, early access to live shows and tickets and all that sort of good stuff um, and just help this show keep on running. And who could forget voting rights? They chose That's this right. topic. They did. Very cool. Oh, yeah. This was like right, – it was yeah, – it was. De- there was like one vote splitting the first and – Really? Eventually and this is hu- between hundreds and hundreds of votes. It's more, I think. That's incredible. Right. It was wild. So, did you go for like three different heists or three very different? No, they, kinds were, of topics? they were all like. I think I put up four widely different topics. Yeah, cool. and of course they chose a heist. They couldn't help themselves. <laughs> Dave, are you keeping the heist uh, run going next week? Uh it's an adventure. Okay, <laughs> I, I like that. Heist, heist, I guess if stealing hearts. Yeah, heart heist. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we, we spent about half an hour at the end of each week to just thank and appreciate some of our great supporters. Uh, the first part of this we like to do is for people who've signed up on the Sydney Scheinberg level or at patreon.com slash do go on pod. Uh, we do a section called fact, quote or question. How's the jingle go something like this? Fact, quote or question. Ding. Huh, he always remembers the ding and she always remembers the sing. And uh, the way this one works is... One of the, or we read out four of them, and they've given us a fact, a quote, or a question, or a brag, or a suggestion, or many other things, really. And uh, this week, first up, we've got Phil Bourgeois. Mm. Am I saying, or B- Burge- Burgess? That's uh, got to be Bourgeois. I'm not even looking at it written down. It's got to be Bourgeois. Bourge- Bourget. I don't know. I don't do well with uh, words and reading. <laughs> um, and Phil has given himself the title of Vice President of Vices and Precedents. Ooh. And, oh, Phil's giving us a recipe. Okay, great. I've add, I added a few more options in the drop-down menu for the nice uh, submission form. And uh, Phil writes, a weird drink recipe to share with you. Oh, I don't think we've had a drink recipe no, before. No, I'm not sure that we have. Great. Jess, I wonder if you could use this later in the Triptych Club. I won't. <laughs> uh, this was past... To me, by my dad, who picked it up from an A&W restaurant from his youth. A&W, if you don't know, was a drive-in style restaurant serving burgers, fries, and root beer floats. Ooh, spiders. Uh, according to my dad, they briefly served a drink called a Mad Dog. I love this already. Love that. And this is what I'm sharing with you today. Grab a pint glass or a glass beer stein. Uh, fill it half full with your favorite root beer. Then fill the rest with your you favourite orange soda. No, root, root beer. We don't, you know, you don't yeah, we don't really too much have root about beer it, here. I always picture it to be like ginger beer, but it's not apparently. It's something oh, okay. different. Uh, this is good enough to drink, but for a proper mad dog, place a quarter dill pickle spear into the drink and stir briefly. So briefly. you've got half root beer, half orange soda, then a, pickle. a dill pickle spear. Uh, I was raised with this, so I may not be the fairest judge, but I genuinely think this is one of the best non-alcoholic drinks out there. Give it a try. Okay. I'd be up for that. Yeah. When we go to America, we oh. gotta we got to ask for a mad dog. Yep. And I assume Everyone confuse them. Right away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you, Phil. The next one comes from Tim Livingston, a.k.a. at best, 10 litres of laughs. <laughs> I think that's a reference to a Who Knew It With Matt Stewart, right? On one episode, a question was, what was this comedian's stage name? And I, one of them, I said, 40 litres of laughs. <laughs> That's great. 
That's really funny. Which I think, yeah, I, can't, I think it was Alexi and Jack Druce were on that episode and they said that it would be a good name for a festival show in my one year. I'm like, I think that's a good call. That is a good one. 40 <laughs> litres of laughs. It, it's, that's either a coincidence or that's what he's referencing. Now, Tim has a fact writing. During the shout-outs on the Chippendales Murders episode, Jess gave someone... Uh, someone's dance act, for want of a better term, the name Lyndon B. Johnson. Dave, you won't remember this because you were getting ready for work while we were <laughs> thanking our great patron supporters because Jess and I, you know, really believe that it's uh, worth our time to I make know, them feel you, special. You see, this is work. Wait, what? <laughs> you see it as a time to get ready for your- Yeah, that's right. I'm stretching right now. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> Tim continues, well, you may not know that Johnson was possibly the sexiest of the US presidents. Why, you ask? Well, he apparently had gigantic testicles such that he needed custom-tailored pants. Wow. This sound clip gives you an idea. Love you guys. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can play. I guess I can see if this... That took a twist that I was not expecting. I thought I was going to say people didn't realise that he was a dancer. But no, I thought was- so too that he was going to be nimble on his feet or something, but no, he had very large testicles. Large balls. And the that clip is a four minute 40 clip. They were saying there that that makes them the sexiest president? Yeah. Because of their large testicles. Size. i got to tell you, I'm a little confused by Tim's logic here. <laughs> <laughs> but a fact that I'm happy that I've learned. Yeah. Happy to know it. Linda B. Johnson, big balls. <laughs> the bees for big... <laughs> The bees for balls. <laughs> Should be Lyndon B.B. Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> uh, thank it's, you, Tim. It's, yeah, it's confusing because it's not it's not a big Johnson. No. It's a big ball. Small big, Johnson. Big small balls. Johnson, big ball. That's honestly the, that's the worst the combo. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You'd prefer it the other way around. Uh, just know? for aesthetics. Yeah. You know, the bigger the balls, you know, comparatively, it makes yeah. the Johnson look small. Yeah, actually, it's, actually, it's a regular size Johnson, but, but you, it looks small. But you want mm. small balls. They're really and then, small. And then it makes everything else look bigger. Hmm. Yeah. Makes you think. <laughs> well, I can finally say that I've got something in common with Lyndon B. All right. Austin Horst <laughs> up next. Big balls? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Austin Horst is up next. Okay. Something witty that references some obscure riff from several episodes ago. <laughs> Good stuff. Well played. Woo! And Austin has a question writing, Hey guys, hope everyone is well. It's been a bit since I submitted a fact quote or question. I keep forgetting to throw one in. My question is, what have you been watching or binging lately? Now, Austin answers the question as we always encourage Appreciate that, Austin. the question askers to do, writing, I've been watching Felicity. <gasps> I decided to give it a go after it came up on a recent episode of Phrasing the Bar. Yeah. The episode of, it was called... Well, it was had Kerry Russell in it. Kerry Russell and uh, Harry Sinford. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember what it was called, but it was something, something. like Extraordinary Measures. Yeah, that I was it. I think that was it. Um, <laughs> so and I said, I want to watch Felicity. Yeah. And I watched the first episode and I was like, Meh. And I thought it was Alias, so there you go. <laughs> uh, Austin also says, it's been pretty fun so far. I've also been re-watching Ted Lasso to get ready for yes! season three. Love the pod. Keep up the great work. Well, that was going to be my answer because at the time of recording, Ted Lasso has just uh, just came out last night. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, great. But I also want, I wanted to do the same. I wanted to rewatch the first two seasons, but I didn't, and so now I'm just going to go in blind, forgetting some stuff. Hopefully, remembering a lot. Yeah, you, you know, remember it'll be it. Fine. You'll pick it up. Fuck, it's a good show. I um, I'll, I'll, I'll end up watching that too. But I've but lately I've just gone back to uh, Pennyworth. 
the origin mm-hmm. of Batman's butler, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is basically like you watch it in the bath. It may as, yeah, it may as well be called Young Michael Caine because mm-hmm. that's kind of he's a Cockney. He's the Cockney version of Alfred Pennyworth. Right. Uh, and I've also, I've been watching Yellowstone. I watched the Wu Tang Clan series, an American saga. Yeah, they're probably the three ones I've been mm. binging lately. Over the last few days, I've binged Andor, the Star Wars show. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I got two to go. Loving it. Nice. Loving that. Been watching uh, Poker Face. Oh, yeah, I've also, yeah, I've also been Leon. watching that, which I've been very much enjoying. And slowly trying to catch up to Succession because the new season's out. Or starting to come <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm finally getting it. <laughs> I'm finally getting it. And can I just say... What a fantastic impression. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's great show. Yeah. That, I, I love that show. It's uh, a- and also I've been watching a bit of Baywatch on that free- ah. We talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, oh, I think so. On air. I can't remember. I've told, told you both about it because yeah. it was my obsession for a while. There, I've managed to pull myself back slightly. But my TV comes with free digital channels and one of them plays Baywatch 24-7. <laughs> and that was the channel that was on when he turned the TV on. And I'd always just get hooked because I'd be like, oh, I'll watch something on one of the streaming services. TV on. I'm sitting there with a toasted sandwich in hand. 45 minutes later, I finished the episode. Yeah. But Baywatch. not the toasted sandwich. No. no. He's a slow eater. I haven't watched a lot of it. I think I watched some of it back in the day, but it feels like it's probably comfort TV. Yeah, so easy to watch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love shows with sunshine. Anything set in California. Yeah, and every, every, and I'm not kidding, every episode has a montage that doesn't need to be there of sexy people to music. <laughs> They're just, and it's like a full two minutes. Oh. They just like, obviously, we're short every week. It's amazing. That's right. Yellowstone does the same, only it's, it's, um, horse riders and they're doing these like these horse tricks one of them is that the horse runs real fast and then drops its back legs to skid and they just show it so much I'm like oh we get it we get it <laughs> we get it it'll be fine if the episode was 40 seconds short. all these all these horses spinning around and they're and they're just these long montages so weird. and then someone like oh, now that is a great horse <laughs> like yeah yeah it's great we've seen this I get it. They're great horses. It spins around. It skids. So (laughs) weird. I'm saying the same thing. We get it. The people, they're sexy on the beach. We get it. The horses, they're sexy. Exactly. Get back to the jet ski accident. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. And I feel the same. But it's like streaming services don't have a time to fill. No, exactly. They had to fill (laughs) it back in the day. You don't need to anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thank you very much, Austin, for that question. Uh, No one else had any binging things? We've set our pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a few. As there. we went lifted, I'm like, I've been watching too much TV lately. Yeah, obviously. I've got nothing going at the moment. Uh, just writing a festival show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, come buy tickets. Finally, from Ryan Butterfield, aka Senior Chief Submariner. Ryan is Butterfield. <laughs> and Ryan's got a suggestion. So we've got four different ones this Love week it. recipe, fact, question, suggestion. Ryan writes. Go listen to We Are Marvel with Justin and Jeremy, where they discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, final question here, any update on the US tour? Well, the short answer is no. No. No real update. Nah. Unfortunately, we're, I mean, we're still in our conversation with our, our, our amazing uh, contact over there, producer. And uh, there's been he's had meetings with uh, lawyers. And, uh, yeah, it's still uh, hopefully going to happen. <laughs> Fingers crossed. At some point. Yes. I think, um, that's, I think that's safe to say. 
Yeah, that it hopefully will happen at, at some, some point. point. Yeah. And we're sorry that it's taken so freaking long. Thank you very much, Ryan Austin, Tim and Phil. Tom and Fall. Tom and Fall. From uh, the hit uh, New Zealand radio show. That old Tony Martin sketch, remember that? <laughs> Hello, Tom. Hello, Fall. Hello, Fall. Hello, Tom. And then they did it the one week. They did a uh, a prank call to the Mossing Persons Agency. <laughs> Jesus Hi, Christ. I'd like to... Report a Muslim pair of jandals. We've just lost our entire New Zealand audience. No, but the guy does diz- it. <laughs> the guy does it. It's a Kiwi, so uh-huh. it's okay. And are you? No, I'm not, but it's, I'm doing- yeah, exactly. Mm, okay. You're part of the problem. <laughs> Sorry, that's by a but of a misunderstanding. This is a Muslim person's agency, whereas a jandal is a comfy bit of footwear. <laughs> it's fucking so good. All right. Um, the next thing we like to do is- Shout out to a few of our other great sub- patron supporters. Jess, you know I'm going to come up with a game. Yeah, I'm thinking like their, their nickname. It's got to be. be. Tallboy and all the that. Governor. Oh, so good. All so right. If you're watching them on CCTV, what are you going to call them? Exactly right. That's fantastic. Not watching them on CCTV, trying to figure out who they are. You know, not a creepy way. Not a creepy yeah. way, but you see them do a crime, you go, like, okay. who's that? That's, uh, I'm going to call uh, this guy the bin man. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Don't a good burn one. too many. Fuck. Okay. All right. First up, I'd love to thank from Reno in Nevada in the United States. It's Morgan Bell. Oh, the biggest little city in the world. Uh, Morgan Bell is the Pied Piper. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, that's real good. Because he wears one of those funny little hats and has a pipe. And has a pipe and looks like he's uh, pieing along. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much, Morgan. I'd also love to thank, ooh, from Address Unknown. Oh. We can only assume from somewhere deep within the Fortress of the Moles, it's Mick McCaffrey. The Mole Man. The mole man. <laughs> he's uh he digs. He's the digger. Yeah. Yeah. So he's the tunnel. He tunnels. Yeah. And his holes are both deep and high, because <laughs> wow. they go into the wall, obviously. <laughs> and everyone would be able to figure that out. <laughs> and if you couldn't, what's wrong with you, um, Mick, the mole man McCaffrey? Ooh. I reckon Mick might take that on. That's great. Yeah, that works. Triple M. Triple M. <laughs> Uh, on your mic. And finally, from me, I'd love to thank from Hamilton in Ohio, God's country itself. Man, I can't believe that people in Ohio listen to our silly little show, but I really appreciate that they do. I'd love to thank Jonathan Peelman. Oh, that's great. What about Slick Rick? Oh! <laughs> got a slick back hair? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're like, they got slick. Slick. That's Slick Rick. That's Slick Rick. And then they find out his name's Jonathan and they're like, oh, oh. I like Slick Rick. <laughs> yeah, Slick like, Rick's a good name. Can we call oh. you Rick? Oh, can okay. we call you the Peel Man? Because that's cool. Yeah. Rick Peel Man. That's better. Slick Rick Peel Man. Banana Boy. <laughs> Jess, you want to thank a few of our great supporters? No, hey, how about Dave? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it from here while Jess has a very big yawn. <laughs> I, I thought I could recover from <laughs> that. She's going to sleep on the job. <laughs> it, was okay. a, it was a comical yawn. <laughs> I would like to thank from Reed in the Australian Capital Territory, it's Emma Dromgold. What a name. Holy Love that moly. name, Emma. Emma Dromgold. Emma Dromgold. I'm going to call her, what do you call a brick of gold again? A bullion? A bull- The bullion. Is that what a brick of gold is called? Or a bar? You weren't looking for the word bar, were you? No, I think I was looking for okay, bullion. Yeah. I reckon the bullion's good. The, the bullion's bullion. good. The bullion. Yeah, love that a lot. It's got a glimmer about it. Yeah. Emma the bullion drum gold. Love that. This is probably because she's got gold in her name, but still, I stand by it. I would also like to thank from Provo in Utah. Give me two. I would like to thank, this is uh, maybe the first we've ever had a whole family here, it looks like. Lauren, Joe, and Griffin Gibb. Oh, the Bee Gees. The, yeah, you got to call oh, them the Bee, Gees. Be the Bee Gees. That's perfect. I've been listening to the Bee Gees a lot this week. Mm-hmm. 
and they're so good. They're I great. I just used to think they were kind of fun and silly, but I'm like, geez, how many great songs have they written? I know it's a, a bit bunch like of ABBA. different genres, and and I only just found this out. They wrote Islands in the Stream. They and wrote they, it. They wrote it. Really? Yeah. I love a band who writes a bunch of hits for themselves, but also has has spares to give away to other artists. Like handball it off to someone else. You can yeah. make that. Handball it off to a little artist like Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who also you know, writes hits for herself yeah, and others. She's Incredible. prolific. I think, it, yeah, because I was thinking that too. I'm like, Dolly wouldn't, she wouldn't have needed it. Someone to write it. And it was for Kenny. It Kenny. was on Kenny Rogers' album, I think. Right. She was the guest on it. But, geez, she made it her own. I'll tell you that much. Now. Jeez, these guys. And Imagine. did you know what it references Islands in the Stream? Pissing. Apparently it's an Ernest Hemingway title oh oh there you go or some other writer or some famous writer i'll look that up while uh you're coming up with a name oh we're calling them the bgs the bgs absolutely he's so good at learning <laughs> words i've been thinking that song a bit because talking about you what, what's the line by the way i walk and that guy's oh uh, yeah <laughs> Yes. That, that kept ringing through my head when you were saying that. <laughs> That's funny. You're going nowhere. And finally, I would like to thank, or finally for me, from Kennebunk in Maine. Ooh. Great to have some listeners out, all the way out in Maine. I would like to thank Papa Kilbasa, a.k.a. The, and then it ends. Wow. Papa Kilbasa, we'll a.k.a. Know. The. We'll never know, also known as. That's exciting. Papa Kilbasa. Papa Kilbasa. What about um? What about well, the human salsa? Oh my goodness! No. We thinking the dance move or the? I was thinking the dip. The dip. Hell yeah! The human salsa. Love oh, that. Because yeah. you know, because it looks uh. The dip. The dance move. <laughs> <laughs> the human salsa. You know, because it's a, it's a great addition. Yep. But it also can be a little spicy yeah, if you're not right. careful. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. the. The Papa Kilbasa, aka the human salsa. Wow. Yeah, we're talking medium heat? That's my maximum. <laughs> maximum is medium. Maximum is medium. Me- yeah. My God. Above maximum. You're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. It looks like, you know, we're talking about LBJ's balls before. This video, I, I think it's supposedly it's a real phone call and in it he's ordering pants and he says, <laughs> this is a real recording from August the 9th, 1964, where he's ordering Hagar pants and says, and he's asked, where the zipper ends, uh, and he says, down where my nuts hang, and then he burps and says, back to my bungle. <laughs> that can't be real. <laughs> back to my that bungle. That can't be real. <laughs> that's, that's Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> back to my bungle. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that, the bunghole of that. He, um- <laughs> in this photo, he looks like your dad. He does look a bit like my dad. Okay. Can you picture your dad saying something like that? Mm, not far off. Back to my bunghole. <laughs> anyway, back to my bunghole. <laughs> Enough about that. Let's get back to my bunghole. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be another one of those things that just enters the do-go-on vernacular. <laughs> back to my Much bunghole. like, now watch this drive. <laughs> US presidents. Yeah, they're, they're rife for comedy. So, so much gold. Uh, may I thank some people? I'd love it if you did. I would love to thank from Bradley, West Virginia, Joshua Wilson. Oh, Joshua Wilson. Um, the Mini Cooper. Oh, yeah. So, or Bradley Cooper. Uh, yeah. And he's also the, I guess he's the driver. The driver. He's the stick man. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that, what the, is that what the stick man is? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. 
It's also the, it's the logo of the Saints. Oh, stick yeah. Man. So is the nickname the Stickman? No, it's no, the Mini no. Cooper. Mini okay, Cooper. Sorry. <laughs> Great. But he's got an alternative nickname. Yeah. Um, I would also love to thank from Milton Keynes in uh, Great Britain, Richie Bolton. Richie Bolton. That sounds like... Yeah. Thunder. 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 That sounds yes. like, yeah, like a mover in the shaker. I'm yeah. Richie Bolton. Johnny, Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder. Johnny Thunder. Richie Bolton, you may know me as Johnny Thunder. <laughs> but the cops find out his real name is Richie Bolton. They go, happy with that. That's, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. That's such a good name. And finally, to bring it all home, I would love to thank from Winterport. What's M.E.? Ooh, Maine. Oh, we're back in Maine. That's Maine, Maine. again. Oh, it is too. But, um, Winterport in Maine, Amy C. Amy C. Uh, the top hat. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that is good. Based on? <laughs> uh, she wears uh, like these sort of special socks that have pic- little pictures of top hats on them. <laughs> that's actually really cute. Yeah. That's so cute. The top hat. Great to have a couple of listeners out in Maine. Yeah. All the way out east. Where uh, one of our- Famous, one of our famous episodes. I don't know why I said famous. One of our episodes was set, the one about the stranger of North Pond. That's right. Mm. That's now, that's why the reason why I know where Maine is, which is like right up northeast. Great to have you all on board out in Maine. Thank you so much to Amy, Richie, Joshua, Papa, Lauren, Joe, Griffin, Emma, Jonathan, Mick, and Morgan. And last but not least, we need to welcome in some. Triptych Club members. How, how does the Triptych Club work again, Dave? Well, these people have been on the shout-out level or above for three consecutive years. They've already had their shout-out, but to say thank you again, we shout them out this time, putting them into our club slash Hall of Fame slash establishment slash hangout place. It's a real theatre of the mind type thing. We've got a, a bar where everyone has already been in the club is hanging out. We have musical guests. We have food. We have drinks. And uh, we also hype them up on their way in. Jess usually comes up with a cocktail and or a bit of food mm-hmm. that we're I, serving weekly. I've got a, a cocktail called the governor and I'm serving it in a shoe. And and I'm, I love it. I've also – well, now that um, we had – one of the fat quotes or questions is a recipe. I will I will add the mad dog to it. Um, but again, I will serve that in a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> You've just got a surplus of shoes. I bought a lot of shoes. <laughs> you just did a job where you thought you were stealing diamonds. Yeah. Open the all the tom, boxes. It's all shoes. It's all shoes. Well, to be fair, I did rob a shoe factory. <laughs> so I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Honestly, stop. Like, you shouldn't be letting me out. Who knows what I'll do. And <laughs> uh, Dave, you normally book a band for the after party. Yeah, this week you're never going to believe it. I have booked an incredible band with a back catalogue of hits as long as your arm. We've got Madness dropping by. Whoa! Who will be opening with their song, Michael Caine. My name is Michael Caine. Great song. Love that song. Love that, song. Love that band. And yeah. from there on, you know, the hits just keep coming. Do you like how I just said it in my voice? <laughs> yeah, you put your spin, own spin on it. My name is Michael Caine. There it is. Uh, great. Well, we've got a record amount of uh, inductees this week. Dave, are you ready? Thank you so much to all these people for sticking with us for three years, and I will try and hype you up. So, if, if people want to picture it, uh, I'm on the door. I've got a clipboard. I've got a list of names, inductees. I'm going to read your names out. I'm going to lift a velvet rope, welcome you in. Dave's on the stage. He's emceeing the evening. He's going to hype you up as you come in. All the other past inductees are around chanting along. Uh, having a great time. Jess is behind the bar, but mm-hmm. she's also behind the Dave. Yep. And she is patting uh, him on the bum. Patting him on the bum. <laughs> hyping up the hype man. Yep. 
All right, so if we're ready to go, Dave, you feeling ready? I'm feeling ready. Let's rock. All right, first up, I'd love to welcome in from Perth in Western Australia. It's Deanne. Deanne, I'm Fleanne with Deanne. I thought you were going to say Diane. I was going to say I'm Flyanne with Diane. <laughs> <laughs> you stuck with it anyway. Diane or Deanne, welcome Deanne, in. Deanne, um, I'm a fan. That's what I would have said. Yeah. I'd also love to thank from Hawthorne East in Victoria, Australia. It's Eliza Knox. I would never knock this, Eliza. No. I'd only praise them. Woo. Please, uh, make yourself at home. From Newport in Great Britain, it's Tom Tithecott John. Newport, give me two. Tom Tithecott John. <laughs> Woo. From Kalani Heights in New South Wales, Australia, it's Brianna. Oh, this night is h- hitting new Kalani Heights. Yeah. With Brianna. From Collaroy in New South Wales, Australia, it's Aaron Hurrigan. <laughs> I didn't know how you were going to say How that. Would you say that? Arrigan? No, nah, Hurrigan. Hurrigan Durrigan. Aaron, you're my Burrigan. Okay. <laughs> Woo! Keep it going, Maddie. Yes. From Overstrand in Norfolk in Great Britain, it's Eleanor Hairsign. Mm, I feel like that this night was going to be understrand, uh-huh. but now it's overstrand. Yeah, we're at capacity of strand. Yeah. From London in Great Britain, it's Sheehan. Sheehan, great to see him. Woo! <laughs> From South Bend in Indiana in the United States, it's Carl D. Brownell. Brownell. <laughs> Brownell, I never frownell when I see Kyle. From a ride in New South Wales, Australia, it's Rihanna Neal. Well, this night is going for a ride with Rihanna Neal. Yeah. From Croydon Hills, Victoria, Australia, it's Emma and Matt. Emma and Matt, more like Dilemma and Cat. <laughs> <laughs> From Liverpool in Great Britain, it's Jay Johnson. <laughs> you can call him Jay or you can call him Johnson. You can call him Jay Johnson. It's Jay Johnson. <laughs> How does he do it? From Mitchum in Victoria, Australia, it's Dan Marshall. Yeah, the Marshall of fun is here, by which I mean Dan. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> from address unknown, I can only assume from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Judah. Judah. <laughs> We've never done so many, I feel overwhelmed. Uh, Judah, you are. True to me. True to me. True to me. True to me. <laughs> From Stalbridge and Great Claire Johnson. We're only halfway. Uh, Claire Johnson. I, I thought I couldn't bear this night, but now I'm going to Claire this night. And I'm going to declare this night Claire Johnson night. From Bassingstoke in Great Britain, it's John Coutier. John Coutier. <laughs> or John Coutelier. Oh, let's go with Coutier. This night couldn't get any more beautier. <laughs> it kind of sounds like beautiful, I guess. Also or from booty, Adjust, I guess. unknown, probably from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams, this guy's got style. More like style, Williams. <laughs> yeah, got it. Also from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Hayden Little. Nothing little about this <laughs> personality. Big balls. <laughs> yeah, too big. But to the bunghole. Back to the bunghole. Uh, whenever we're off topic, back to the bunghole. That's the new part. Not doing all it's back to the bunghole. <laughs> From Hopkins in maybe Minnesota in the United States, it's Jacob. Uh, the uh, world's best Hopkins. And I'm not talking about Sir Anthony. I'm talking about Jacob yes. from Hopkins. 
from Edmond in Oklahoma in the United States. It's Jason Wells. Well, this night was going badly, but now it's going well. <laughs> Jason Wells. <laughs> from Brighton in the United States. Am I, Dave? Michigan. Any, Michigan, maybe. It's Glenn Sims. Glenn Sims. I would give this person 10... <laughs> <laughs> what runs it seems that isn't weird. Bins. Ten yeah, I give this I give Glenn ten bins. <laughs> full of money. Yeah, yeah. Full of exactly yes, wheelie bins. Wheelie bits full of cash. Back to the episode. This Nailed is good. It, Keep yes. it going. Keep From it going. Smartsdale in Victoria, <laughs> Australia. So it's Nicola Loder. Well, Loader up, Nicholas here. Yep. From Macclesfield in Great Britain, it's Rachel Hunt. We're back in the hunt with Rachel. <laughs> Uh, from deep within the fortress of the moles, it's Esther. Esther, haven't met anyone, Bester. From Indianapolis in Indiana, United States, it's Chancellor Duval. Oh, Chancellor Duval. Oh my God. You know what? I'm going to give this person a third, fourth, a fifth chance. They're that good. Wow. Chancellor Duval. From Seattle in Washington in the United States, it's Derek Kozak. More like Derek Kodak moment. Let's get a photo. So beautiful. <laughs> yes. Uh, from Deep Within the Fortress of the Moles, it's Jess. Jess, it's probably the best Jess I've ever met. How fucking dare you? <laughs> also from Mole Land, it's Mark Hutchinson. It's definitely the best Mark I've ever met. <laughs> oh, this person's hit the mark. There it is. And finally, from Tyler in Texas in the United States, it's Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen. More like Jake Ham Hansen. There it is. <laughs> Mop, Jake. <laughs> Applause for Dave Ward. Oh, well my there, gosh. Dave. Well I feel like my brain is on fire. Once again, Not I'd in love a to good thank way. <laughs> Jake, Mark, Jess, Derek, Chancellor, Esther, Rachel, Nicola, Glenn, Jason, Jacob, Hayden, Kyle, John, Claire, Judah, Dan, Jay, Emma and Matt, Rhiannon, Kyle, Shan, Eleanor, Erin, Brianna, Tom, Eliza, Deanne. And Deanne. <laughs> Deanne was the last one. Or Diane. Or Diane. Uh, welcome all into the club. Make yourselves at home. Please grab a boot full of liquid uh, from the bar. And sorry about that. <laughs> Enjoy a bit of madness. Oh, yeah. Um, one step beyond. Can't wait. Taking requests? Absolutely, yeah. So good. Uh, I'd Can love they to do hear- up there Kazali? Yeah. <laughs> I'd like that. I'd love to hear madness style up there Kazali. I'd love to hear baggy trousers. Let's put it on the list. All right, great. Uh, anything we need to tell people before we head off? You two. Um, <laughs> that we love them, that yes. they can suggest a topic. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. It's also on our website, Do Go On Pod, where you can find all the info about live shows. Uh, you can find us on social media at Do Go On Pod. And um, that's it. Yeah. Stick that's around it. for some possible outtakes after the song. <laughs> We're all broken, Dave. Boot at home. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, also thank you, Anne. Goodbye. Later. The cabinets were bolted to the floor and to the ceiling, making them incredibly sturdy. <laughs> At least you caught yourself on a. I nearly didn't. On the on last week's episode, I, when I went through, there were, I said some words wrong, and I just deleted the sentences. <laughs> Because you just powered on. Yeah. Let me try again. The cabinets were bolted to the floor and to the ceiling. Ma- oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to put this in at the end of the episode. We need it. This is blooper section. This Jess is a- loves a blooper section. <laughs> I do love bloopers. This is a secret track for sure. <laughs>